Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, February 9th. Despite an online recall petition, Calgary Mayor Jyoti Gondek says she remains committed to the work of building a future that holds opportunity and prosperity for everyone who lives in the city. We catch up with the mayor to hear her thoughts on being the subject of such a petition. Did the Colorado Supreme Court err in ordering President Trump to be excluded from the 2024 presidential primary ballot? We discuss this and all the headlines making news south of the border with Reggie Cicchini, Washington correspondent for Global News. And finally, looking for a laugh? Outspoken, my life on the D-list comedian Kathy Griffin is coming to Calgary later this month. We catch up with the queen of cancel culture to hear how she views her time on stage in front of her fans as her own personal version of therapy. And despite a recall petition, Calgary Mayor Jyoti Gondek says she's remaining steadfast and committed to the work of building a future that holds opportunity and prosperity for everyone who lives in Calgary. Mayor Gondek joins us now to discuss this and the latest news from City Hall. Good morning to you, Mayor Gondek. Good morning, Andy. How are you? Good, good. Well, we're going to start with the elephant in the room, the recall petition. You know you're still committed to, we know you're still committed to serving this city, but how do you respond to criticism like this? Um, it's, it's interesting. There's a lot of people that have said, you know, does this make you stop and reflect? There are people that have said, I need to check my ego. There's all kinds of comments flying about, and I will say this. When the electorate put their trust in me in October of 2021, I committed to doing the best possible job I could do for the city, and I committed to working with members of council to make sure that they could achieve what they needed to in their wards. And I have to say that we've accomplished some pretty big things. We have passed a housing strategy that will make sure people can live with dignity. We have invested in public safety to the effect that more people are feeling safer riding a C-train now than they were before. We've done some really good work as a council, and we take time to reflect on a regular basis. I know I do. I wake up every morning eager to get to work, and I think about the decisions I have to make. I think about how they're going to affect Calgarians, and I know sometimes we don't get it right. And those are the times that we stand up and say, look, we need to fix this. We have done that many times. We will continue to do that. There is not one of us that feels we're perfect. I certainly don't. And there are many things that we have to do still. We have two years to implement some pretty big things. And so I'm committed to that work and I will carry forward doing the job I was elected to do. Just wanted to go back and, and I mean, obviously you don't run for politics unless you care. So, and you've, you're willing to put yourself out there. Not many do. Uh, but, you know, when you, when you see and hear a petition like this, I mean, the petition itself aside, you're, you're hearing criticisms. Isn't it, a, you know, a moment for you to just kind of reflect and, and wonder, okay, maybe I, maybe I just do need to think about doing things a little differently or speaking a little differently or, I mean, does it make you think that, you know, I just, I, I'm going to do a little self-reflecting here, if nothing else. Sue, it's a really good question. And I have to say that's, that's something I do on a regular basis. I try to speak with compassion and kindness. I try to attend every event that I'm invited to, even though that's impossible. And I have said to people that when I make mistakes, uh, it's a mistake. And when I have caused anyone any kind of pain, I'm open to admitting that. So I will continue to do that. This is not a moment where I'm saying, I don't believe that people are frustrated or people are upset. I certainly do believe that. And I've committed to talking to people that, that wish to talk about what their concerns are. When it comes to this recall petition, I've never met this individual, never had a conversation, no emails, no messages, no phone calls. 
So it's hard to know exactly what it is that I could be doing differently for this person mm. who has gone to the extent of a recall petition instead of just coming to speak with me. Like I said, I'm not someone who thinks I'm doing everything perfectly. There are many improvements that I can make. Uh, there's many improvements that council can make, and that's what we have to keep doing. And let me just say, if anybody missed the breaking news, there's some stuff going on north of Calgary. Please check it out, and maybe you guys can repeat this, too, because it sounded pretty important. We will, for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Tony is on the top of it right now as we speak. Uh, uh, back to, uh, you know, the uh, part of the petition. We're not going to, you know, uh, completely laser in on that, but part of the petition was addressing affordability in the city of Calgary. And I know we've talked about it before, uh, but just to refresh, what's the city doing in the short term to address affordability concerns still top of mind this year? Well, there's a few specific things that we embedded into the budget and we have rolled out. We're making sure that anyone who needs access to some uh, basic needs funding is able to access it. We have committed again to making sure that um, people who need some assistance um, with the fair entry program, whether it's for recreation or transit, whatever it happens to be, that they're able to access those programs. We're just making sure that as a city, we can do everything we can to address affordability the thing is, there's many components we don't control, especially things like rent. That is outside of our jurisdiction, outside of our hands. But we continue to advocate up on behalf of renters who are in some pretty precarious positions right now. We're doing what we can to build affordable housing. The issue becomes rent, and that's where we need strong partnerships with, frankly, both the federal and provincial governments. Uh, Mayor, I'm still hearing from people about, you know, safety on transit, still a bit of an issue. Um, do you think perceptions about transit safety have improved? I know a lot's been done by the city, by bylaw and police, et cetera. Do you think we're kind of getting it right or starting to, I should say? You know, Sue, all of these things are a long game, but if we don't start making changes now and making investments now, it's not going to get better. So I'm very happy that council supported uh, reinvesting into transit safety. We can see now that um, people's confidence taking transit is up since May of last year. Uh, about 5% of the population feels safer riding the C-train. People are feeling safer waiting at a C-train station. Um, there are still a good number of folks that avoid taking the bus or train because of safety concerns. So we still have work to do, but we have improved. And I can tell you that incidents have also gone down from about 4,100 down to about 3,400. So it's getting better, but we need to continue to invest. The 15 million we put in uh, annually is absolutely important and it's showing some progress. Mayor, we've tackled some topics. Now on to Taylor Swift. Uh, Sunday is Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday, so we like to have fun. It's what everybody's talking about as far as what's going to be happening on the back edge of the weekend. So we had to ask you, your favorite Super Bowl treat or snack? What do you indulge in while watching the big game? I think we talked about this during Grey Cup, too. And yes, I remember saying, yeah, it's, it hasn't changed. It's still the onion soup dip. So you get the little packets of onion oh. soup and you throw it into a tub of sour cream. Mm. Couldn't be better. Oh, is, it the, is it the taste or the nostalgia? Because everybody had that growing up. Well, it's both. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Onion now I'm thinking about it all day. I know. Yes. <laughs> um, I, how do you feel about double dipping? No double dipping. You know what? Oh. Get yourself a plate, put some stuff on it, and like dip for yourself, not for others. Please. What, what if it's like you know your kids or your, your husband? 
Well, that's fine because, you know, they're an extension of me, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's okay, that's what we, that's we how discovered I feel this too. morning. Yeah, um, <laughs> even even close friends. I'm like my really good friends. I'm okay with it. But beyond that, no, get, get away from my bowl. <laughs> I hear you. Thank you so much. Uh, happy Super Bowl weekend. There's lots going on in the city this weekend. I know you'll be out and about Lunar New Year, particularly uh, Black History Month continues. So thanks so much for joining us and, uh, you know, always singing the praises of the city. Well, and thank you for the frank conversation. I'm happy to have these conversations, and you two um, are very kind to invite me every week. Thank you very much. Calgary Mayor Jyoti Gondek. And there was some news over the past 24 hours involving President Joe Biden. We'll get to that in a second. But first, talking about uh, former President Donald Trump. Now, did the Colorado Supreme Court error in ordering uh, former President Trump being excluded uh, from the 2024 presidential primary ballot. Joining us to discuss is Reggie Cicchini, Global News Washington correspondent. Good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, thank you for taking the time with us. Now, let's, let's, let's uh, get into the latest when it comes to Donald Trump's legal battles. It's hard to keep track. Where are we right now, Reggie? Well, I mean, look, yesterday at the Supreme Court, uh, it, it actually became a better day for Donald Trump and for his push to run towards the White House uh, again. And it's because the majority of the justices on the bench, including some of the left-leaning justices, appeared to be more on side with the arguments being made from the Trump campaign that he shouldn't be kicked off of the ballot. One liberal justice, you know, adding it shouldn't be one state's decision as to who can and cannot be, um, you know, eligible to, to run for president here. So it may deal uh, a big blow to the uh, plaintiffs that are coming out of Colorado, but it could also finally set some precedent here and answer the question right around the country as to what allows eligibility when it comes to someone running for president, because there are other states that are kind of in limbo waiting for the Supreme Court to make a decision. Uh, another interesting uh, discussion yesterday, Reggie, when it comes to the Biden and the classified documents report. And I mean, Biden is 81, Trump 77. You're going to forget things, right? Absolutely. I mean, look, zoom out a little bit. Nikki Haley, still running for the president, has, has repeatedly criticized the age of both of these presidential candidates, saying that there should be some kind of aptitude test for people that are over the age uh, of 75. But this report that came out from the special counsel uh, made some pretty scathing remarks about uh, Joe Biden, saying that he is a well-meaning elderly man, but with a poor memory, and said that some parts of his investigation about mishandled documents uh, were hazy and fuzzy. You know, it's worth pointing out this is a Republican prosecutor making these quasi kind of political digs at the former at the sitting president. But at the same time, it kind of echoes the, the, the comments that have come not only from Republicans, but progressives within Biden's party that his age could be a liability or a vulnerability on the campaign trail. Biden did address these claims, uh, but I'm wondering, is that going to be enough? Him addressing it, his team and their handling of it, or is this going to continue to be an issue, Reggie? Well, I mean, look, he handled it, uh, you know, well, and at the same time, not well. He came out, he spoke, uh, he pushed back on the report uh, while also thanking them for not charging him. But at the same time, when questions were asked by members of the press uh, afterwards, this was a hastily called news conference last night, the president dipped into foreign policy. And at the same time, he made a mistake and he confused the leader of Mexico and the leader of Egypt moments after he was saying that he has the mental acuity oh. to be able to run forward with this. So everybody grasped on 
onto that moment, and it set the president back in a moment where he was trying to push forward. So the question is, how big is the age factor going to be on the campaign trail when more people are concerned about his age, according to polls, than they are about Donald Trump's age? Uh, let's talk, just go, kind of go back to Nikki Haley, Donald Trump. Where are we in terms of uh, the two of them and their both of their attempts to, to gain supremacy when it comes to the, the head of the Republican Party? Well, I mean, look, Donald Trump won the Nevada caucus last night. It was a caucus that was essentially rigged to give Donald Trump the win because tip, there was, a, there was a, a primary on Tuesday where Nikki Haley was the main candidate. But the GOP and the state changed things around. They said the primary is not going to count, only the caucus. It doesn't really matter because Nikki Haley actually lost the primary where she was the main candidate on the ticket on Tuesday with people opting for none of the candidates. So Trump still has a commanding lead in the early parts of this primary process, especially heading into the South Carolina primary later on this month. Nikki Haley's home state, she's expected to lose. The question is, will she remain in this race even after she loses, if she loses her home state? All right, switching gears, he's been off the news for quite some time, but he's been in the news as of late. Former Fox News host Tucker Carlson, he was in Alberta last week and went from chatting with Premier Danielle Smith to chatting with President Putin in Moscow. Uh, so uh, how was the interview with Mr. Putin being seen and, and what is being taken from this interview with Tucker Carlson? I mean, look, uh, Tucker Carlson tried to come across as a journalist, you know, the, the only one who's able to get an interview with Vladimir Putin. And while that may be the case, the Kremlin has actually come out to say that various Western nations, have, uh, reporters have come out to try and interview Putin, um, and they're denied. So, you know, th this, this was given to Tucker Carlson because the comments that he has made about Russia over the last several months have been lionized throughout the country. He's seen as some kind of, um, you know, marvel. He pushes back on Western policy. He pushes back uh, on Ukraine's fight against Russia. And what he didn't do in this interview uh, with, with Putin was push back on, on realities as, as Vladimir Putin was giving revisionist history about Russia's you know, stance in the past and, and matters beyond World Wars One and Two. Tucker Carlson essentially gave Vladimir Putin a free ride here. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's much to take from this other than, you know, it, it verifies why Tucker Carlson may not be on mainstream networks anymore uh, because of the viewpoints that he pushes out there. You know, it, 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 it's one thing to see Vladimir Putin talk. It's another thing to hear him say things. It's another hear, thing to hear people not push back on what Vladimir Putin has to say. But ultimately, you know, this is a win for, for Tucker Carlson and for the people who follow Tucker Carlson. Uh, Reggie, let's talk about what's most important in the United States this weekend, and that is the fact that the Super Bowl is happening on Sunday. Is, is it just kind of crazy everywhere, or are you headed to Vegas to see what's going on? I would love to be uh, headed to Vegas uh, this weekend. I'm 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 not. Uh, I, I I I would love to be. Uh, look, everywhere is 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 jumping about this. Uh, I think everyone is is mostly concerned about whether or not there's going to be enough chicken wings uh, at bars <laughs> yeah. in and around the country. There's a run on them uh, as we head into this week. They're, they they cost twice as much as they normally would at this point in the year. Uh, look, everybody's excited for it. I talked about it last week. I have issues with uh, the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift thing. <laughs> But I'm not. I'm not going to get into it again. Uh, I, I won't say who I think should win, but ultimately, I mean, it, it's it's going to be fun. It'll be fun. That's what it's all I'll about. Eat, I don't eat chicken wings, but I'll eat the buffalo. Uh, get, the buffalo cauliflower. Fair, fair. Got to go to town this weekend. Uh, the diet is off. The program is off. Reggie, thanks for your time and uh, happy Super Bowl weekend to you. Thank you. That is Reggie Cicchini, Global News, Washington correspondent.
He mentioned the buffalo, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cauliflower ones. I love Fantastic. those. Done um, properly. Oh. You know what the trick is? And I can't remember what it's called now. It's uh, nutritional yeast. Yes, you, you're big that on that. That is the trick when you're making cauliflower wings. Mwah! But how did we miss this? Not only Super Bowl weekend, talking about your Super Bowl snacks today, is National Pizza Day. It is. And that's a great... No one's going to be disappointed if you just order a bunch of pie. No. For your Super Bowl you could, party. Like, you could buy six yes. boxes of pie and, that's, and everybody will go oh. to town. Because you can hit all the food groups. There it is. Or do you want to? Like, you can get fruit, right? Because we know... Hawaiian pizza. Yes, that's a good point. So you can get literally all the food groups when it when it involves pizza. Plus, you're one of those weirdos that like chicken on your pizza. I love so, chicken. That's my favorite. Yeah, so Barbecue chicken pizza. That <laughs> could help. Your favorite dips. Your thoughts on double dipping and National Pizza Day. If you run a joint and you want to feed us this morning, <laughs> I knew you were going to beg for food somehow. Some send way. us a text. Text line always open 403 974 8255. You know her from the popular TV show, My Life on the D-List, her many comedy albums, HBO stand-up specials, and of course, her say-it-like-it-is style of commentary on any and all topics in the news. She's Kathy Griffin, and she'll be on stage February 22nd at the Jack Singer Concert Hall. Good morning to you, Kathy. I'm back, baby. I'm <laughs> back, back at the Jack Singer where I belong, and I can't wait. You can't wait. So the big question is, if you just toured everywhere else, or you just love cold weather, is that why you're coming back? Honey, I'm expecting my nipples to just freeze and fall off on the curb. <laughs> if anybody finds them, just try to return them to the theater. They'll be at the lost and found department of the Jack Singer. I'm glad you're living up to your intro when I said <laughs> say it like it is. Uh, let's, uh, I, I want to, you know, uh, uh, break it down because I was a huge fan of the D-list. And what I love about you and your style of comedy, guess what? You're an open book and anybody can flip oh, yeah. through your pages, can't they? Honey, too open. That's my problem. That's how I keep getting in trouble. I'm in trouble with Elon Musk. I'm in a fight with Elon Musk. Can you believe it? Because I never learned my lesson. I still keep going for the most powerful man in the world. Was that something that you sort of planned when you, I mean, you had to have been funny when you were a kid, I'm assuming. Is that something that you sort of planned as you moved into the comedy world? Is to, to, is, was that going to be your shtick or is that just really Kathy Griffin? This is just really me. And by the way, I blame my parents. And God knows they loved the drink. May they rest in peace. My dad was really funny. Like, my mom was funny, but she didn't know why. She was a character. But my dad was, like, comedian funny. And I remember, I'm going to use a bad word, so get ready to bleep me. But one of my earliest memories that I thought was, like, the funniest thing in the world is one of our neighbors had redone their rec room. Remember rec room? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was like like a basement, but you, maybe there'd be like a pool table. Anyway, so he redid it all himself, and he's real proud to show it off. And my dad walks me in. I'm probably sick. He's holding my hand. And my dad looks at the rec room and goes, what a <laughs> box. And I just thought that was like the funniest thing. Everybody laughed. And so, you know, I kind of feel like if you're a comic – your job isn't to be safe. Are you the first one to be uh, canceled when it comes to uh, cancel culture? Oh, I'm not just the first one to be canceled. I'm still like the patron saint of people in entertainment that were canceled. Because remember, it, it literally was historic. Even the great Lenny Bruce and the great George Carlin, and I'm not putting myself in their class, but even they were only hassled by local police. I had the federal government at the behest of the president and the attorney general put me under a Department of Justice investigation where I was interrogated under oath and they were seriously considering with charging me with conspiracy 
to assassinate the president of the United States. I was in the middle of a 50-city tour. The other 25 cities got canceled because of all sorts of death threats and bomb threats, which I found out later were like one guy with a Facebook group. But the industry saw me as toxic. And let me tell you something. The reason I call the new tour Kathy Griffin, my life on the PTSD list, (laughs) because I'm laughing because I was freaking diagnosed with PTSD. And I got to laugh because... I thought it was just for combat veterans, but in the last six years, I had the trumping, I was put out of work, I was on the no-fly list, I sat at home wondering what to do with myself, I became addicted to prescription pills, I tried to take my life, I was on a three-day 5150 psych hold, like I'm Britney and Kanye combined. <laughs> Sorry, the dogs are going crazy. They're very protective. Um, <laughs> They're afraid the Trump is at the door. <laughs> and, and then I freaking get lung cancer, even though I've never smoked. Leave it to me to get lung cancer and never smoked. And they took out half my left lung. And then I filed for divorce a month ago. So guess what? Something happens when my feet hit the stage at the Jack Singer. I'm not kidding. I feel home. And it's like the cure for my freaking PTSD is to work, to tour, to make people laugh. That's a lot for anyone. I know. So is that, how, is that how you get through it, is just, you know, going back to your roots and just trying to be funny and, and making everyone else laugh, and that makes you happy inside as a result? A hundred percent. Not to mention, since, since Trumpism and COVID, I feel like collectively we're all in a bit of a PTSD. Mm-hmm. Although, I'm going to admit to you guys, I was obsessed with the Canadian trucker convoy. Oh, my God. I was following their live streams. I remember when the one guy got arrested and he went to jail for three days and he had a wife. And then they tried to bring the trucker convoy to America. And their plan was to get these trucks to circle the Capitol so that the government couldn't function. But all that happened was they didn't know the directions and they all got lost. Yeah, it I love it. writes you itself. Write it. Hey, I want to. Before we let you go, I mean, you're busy enough as it is entertaining people and dealing with life, all capital letters. Life. But you're also a, a big supporter of LGBTQ2 rights. Why oh, is yeah. that? Imp- why is that important to you, Kathy? You know what? I have identified with marginalized communities my whole life. I was that kid in grade one that picked out the gay boy and we hung out together and it's been a very organic thing but i will tell you i'm paying the price i mean four maga people have sued me in the last six months and i still have an outstanding case in tennessee of all places i stuck up for two trans kids there was a video that went viral you might have even seen it and it was two trans kids at their prom photo shoot and one of the boys was wearing a red dress and this maga guy was really harassing them and scaring them. And you could tell the kids were scared. I commented on the guy, like after the video had gone viral, the guy got fired. So guess who he's doing? Mm. Kathy Griffin. And then he gets to go on far right media and say, I'm going to be the one who brings Kathy Griffin to Tennessee for a trial. Like, it's never ending with these people. But I, I know it's all because of the picture. But I got to stand up for these kids. They're just at their prom photo shoot. They're not hurting anybody. 
You got it. And you know what? This is the, you're you're coming to the right place to talk about all of those topics. Let me tell you. I know yeah. you, you find humor yeah. in some of the the wildest and craziest things. We can't wait to see you. She's comedian Kathy Griffin. She'll be on stage February twenty second at the Jack Singer Concert Hall. Can't wait for you to come to town. Thank you so much for joining us and having a chat. Oh, you guys are the best. Thank you for being so good to me. I really appreciate it. Take care.